Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. If you don't know who I am, me either. No, I'm the one that was like this, and I'm like this now. Thank you, Pastor Ajala. I'm very famous now. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful time. Amen. Let me put my watch. All right. So let's open our Bibles in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy uh, 4, 13 to 16. And you know that um, during the quarantine time, I received a video from Pastor Wyman Mitchell, which is not normal. If you know Pastor Wyman, he didn't send a lot of videos, but he sent a video to me of five seconds. It's true. And you know what he said? said, hello, Juan Pablo, you better behave. Because he knows me. <laughs> and he said, you better behave. I have the video. One I can show you later. But he tell me, you better behave. And that is, of course, in honor to him, the title of my sermon. <laughs> you better behave. So let's read the, the Bible. I, I use the New Living Translation because my English is very limited, like... You understand that, so let's go with an easy one. So the Bible says in verse 13, until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church lay their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters through yourself into your, your tasks so that everyone will see, you, see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true uh, to what is right for the sake of uh, your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Can you say amen? amen? I asked Pastor Sege, what are you going to preach this morning? And he said, I will not tell you, you preached before me. <laughs> so Paul begins this part of, of, of the Bible, and it's very important for you and me to understand that not all the, the books in the Bible means have the same meaning, because 1 Timothy talk, uh, it's a pastoral letter. So you need to understand something about that. It's, it's a letter that was uh, 
written for pastors. You understand that? For Christians that are doing the will of God, and this is very important because Paul says, until I get there, until everything is back uh, into normal, until everything is like should be, he makes a very important emphasis here, and he says, you need to do that things. Are you with me? It's very important because when you understand this, some things will change in you. Because this pandemic, this COVID things reveal a lot of things in people. Can you say amen? Boom. A lot of things uh, go to the surface because many things in the church are, are under attack. In Argentina, it was very funny. Casinos were open, but churches were closed. <laughs> so... It's very interesting. You know what? I'm, I'm a, a lieutenant officer, infantry from the Argentinian army. And one of the basics that they teach you is when you go with your full gear back by your shovel and everything, but when you go to enter into combat, say, forget about your backpack, take away your shovel, take the essentials with you because you need to move fast. Are you, under, are you with me? So if you will go to enter into combat, you need to have some understanding about some things. By the way, I say army. Just for the record, army in college football beat Navy this year. Uh, Sorry. I have to say I'm sorry. Now I see that Pastor Ron Bennett with all the Kentucky boys will shoot me after the service. But anyway, I, there's some things that you need to focus on. Verse 13 says, Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Focus on reading the, the scriptures means that read it in public and worship God. What that means is having your services in church is essential. So preaching is vital. I was talking one time with Pastor Scott Lamb, and we were uh, uh, talking, and he was saying, every time that you preach in the streets, listen to me, or you are evangelizing, you are establishing dominion. Every time that you preach, you establish dominion. It's not just something you threw uh, words to the air, and some people think that because they go outside and outreaching and they have not response, nothing happened. I tell you, every time that you open your mouth and preach the Word of God, you are establishing dominion. So it's not like that. Paul emphasizes the fact that in times of isolation, and it's very important or vital to strengthen your spiritual disciplines. For example, I was reading an article that said that 39% of Christians in America read the Bible only. And they give and on account of three main reasons. First, they don't think it is something, something of much importance inside. The second is, I prefer someone else to explain it to me. In other words, I don't want to read the book, I want to wait for the movie. You know? And third, they don't have a support system, they read it on their own. Lifeway research showed that 90% of Americans have not read the entire Bible. And if this happened in America, can you imagine the rest of the world? I chihuahua. 
So you have to understand the importance of planting a genuine love for, word, for God's word on the people that is in your church. Let me, let me tell you something. In, in Argentina, we are bordered with five different countries. One of them is Paraguay. In Paraguay, the first language in there is not Spanish, it's Guarani, because it's the, it's the Indian language. In, in 2007, I went to there, into Paraguay, and I get the first translation into Guarani from the Bible because I have a, a Paraguayan man in my church. His name is Silvino. And, and it was a very expensive, was by that time, but I said, man, this is worth it. I tell you something, until today, I can see his face crying when he saw the Bible written on his own language. And sometimes we don't take, we take for granted things. Encouraging the believers is the second thing. And in New King James translation say exhortation. And when you talk about exhortation, you're talking about paraclesis, which is exhort to someone that it has to be with teaching. Let me tell you something. A lot of people love to hammer people. But if you want to hammer them, first you have to teach them. You cannot just hammer them. You need to teach them first. It was funny. One time I was trying to take one of my pastors to say, listen, I just wanted that you make a sermon just of encouragement. <laughs> And I say, no, 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 put the guns, put the guns up. <laughs> say, just encouragement. And he cannot make it without, you know, get the sword and... <laughs> Pastor Greg Mitchell told me one time, people need a lot of encouragement. And it's vital for this time of quarantine. The third thing is teaching the believers in New King James says doctrine. Let me tell you something. Uh, a, a, few, a few weeks ago, before I came to conference, one, one very interesting thing that happened is I have some visitor in my church, and the guy was so happy. You know that came from another church. So after the service, he came and said, Pastor, I'm so happy to hear a sermon. Say, why? Because in my church, they only, we have a, a guy that Zoom. A class that is one and a half hour in Hebrew. Then he preached the same sermon in his, into, into Spanish. Say, so why he preaching in Hebrew? Because he says that is the language of Jesus, and we will learn it, uh, and because it's a spiritual, we will get it anyway. And you complain about our sermons? <laughs> Can you imagine a Messiah, one hour and a half? And then into Spanish? Come on, somebody. Please. The word is very interesting because it's didac, uh, didascalia, which come from two parts. Listen to this. Authority to teach, and second, the act of teaching. Which, that sounds to me to discipleship. And this is why the religious world don't want to make disciples. Let me tell you why. Because... To teach somebody, like Pastor Bennett says, you need to open your house. 
And I'm not talking about from disciples. Let me tell you why some pastors don't want to make disciples. Because to make a disciple, you have to open yourself. No, no, brother. We have to keep distance from the disciples because... What? You will not make any disciple if you have keep distance from them. You need to bring very close to... Because if you have them in this close range, you can slap them. <laughs> if they are far away... Pastor Mitchell always told me, Juan Pablo, faith, always faith is very practical. You know, in the parable of the, the, the talents, it's very interesting that if you just think with me, this is very simple. It takes more effort, dig a hole to bury your talent than get the money, go to the bank. Simple. <laughs> Easy. So take a lot of effort to, no, you know, we're not going to use this. And bury your talent. Then get the talent, go to the bank, and wait for the money. No, but we want to go on the highway. So let me talk in second place about the power of inheritance. Because in verse 14, the Bible said, Do not neglect the spiritual gifts you received through the prophecies spoken over you when the elders of the church lay their hands on you. And this is very critical for, for times of isolation. He said, Do not neglect the spiritual gift. Paul is looking to Timothy, a pastor, that will be going through a time of isolation and problems because... You know, the things are not the, the way that were before. And this word gift is the word charisma. And it's a gift given by the Holy Spirit to you for the direct benefit of the community of believers. So in other words, the gift is not for you. It's for others. Oh, really? I thought that was for me. No. If you are a pastor, it's not for you. And it's not for your ego. Let me tell you something. Let me share with you some very quick stories. When I pioneered my first church, uh, I had two old men. I shared that with the church once here in Prescott, but it's the biggest stage here, so I want to tell you twice. I will share with you twice. So, yeah, I was pioneer in my first church. I have two old men that came to church, and everything was fine, but... At the moment that I said, let's open our Bibles, both of them go, <laughs> but dead, dead. And I was, I'm, and they are the only ones. So I'm preaching there, you know, and sometimes I may like, and they go, <laughs> and, and <laughs> and go back to the tomb. <laughs> but the funny part is that after, at the end of the service, they came and said, Pastor, what a good sermon. <laughs> say, come on, please, don't say that. Don't say that to me, please. It's, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> I 
Let me tell you, especially for pioneer pastors, pastors that are struggling, the devil will go into play tricks on your mind. Because he wants you to take away the, your calling and your inheritance. <laughs> During the pandemic, one of my pastors told me, Seriously, he told me, I told my people to watch your service through YouTube during the quarantine. And I say, pobrecito. <laughs> he didn't know that he's about to die. And, as, and I told him very graciously, you have 30 seconds to open your channel. <laughs> if you don't want to die. And you start to preach to your church because they don't need me, they need you. No, but you know better, you have better cameras. They don't need me, they need you. You are the pastor of your church, not me. And say, and, and I explain to him because I, you have to teach, you have to explain. You know, if, you, if they see you like you are a lazy, let me tell you something. They will not respect you later. And then you say, well, I don't know why my church, the people here is hard. No, 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 no. It's not, nothing about that. I, you know, I'm learning new words in America. This is one of the new ones. Potato couch, couch Christians. <laughs> no? Couch? Coach? Kind of that. Something like that. I'm learning. And I tell you something. My inheritance is not to get popcorn sitting in a chair or whatever and watching YouTube. Can you say amen? No, not at all. Not at all. So... It's very easy to isolate yourself and get depressed and withdraw. Why? Because I live in Argentina. One time I was in one place and one person asked me in what part of Africa was Argentina. <laughs> get the logo of the fellowship. We are at the, at the, at the bottom. No. But you know what? It's, it's very interesting. Sometimes... It's very easy to isolate yourself. Pastor uh, Richard Rui was sharing with me that one out of five churches will not reopen after the quarantine. One of each five will not reopen because the pastors give up and the Christians give up. And, and here the words of Pastor Mitchell come to my mind, my mind again, you better behave. So... Because the power of our inheritance is so deep. Because Paul is saying, when the elders of the church lay their hands on you. This is a reference point for Timothy. This is not a hobby. This is war. Can you say amen? In, 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 in our way to the book, and Pastor Richard Rui was sharing with me that a few years ago in Sri Lanka, they have some terrorist attacks against the Christian churches. And he says that the, the missionary that was there was telling to him that the government says that open Christian churches will, will be considered an act of aggression. Let me tell you something. It is an act of aggression. 
Every time that you open your church, it's an act of aggression against hell. It's an act of aggression against sin. It's an act of aggression against spiritual warfare. And what is very interesting is that the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 28, do not remove the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. It's something that you have to be willing to sacrifice something for your inheritance. Naboth, his vineyard, 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 kind of, all right? What's his own inheritance? He don't want to sell it. You know why? Because he knows that after him was her kids. And after them, his kids too. This is not just for us. It's for our sons, for our daughters, for our grandchildren. Can you say amen? This is not just for us. Esau didn't care about his inheritance. You know what? Uh, I noticed something that the people that always is trying to change something or everything say, no, you know what? We have to change. Really? I tell you something. I live in Argentina with no Christianity reference points. You need to understand something. Argentina is a very Catholic country. We're like a good Catholics. You never go to church. You never read the Bible. <laughs> Period. I tell you by experience. No? So you have zero reference points. Guess what happened to all the Christian churches? I'm talking about now evangelicals, not, not, not Catholics. You know, they are jumping and with the dancers, you know, and all that, that movement. I don't know if he's here, you know, the danzoras. No, the dance thing on the platform with the, with the girls, and, and they, the only thing that they preach is all punchy, 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 punchy. <laughs> and I tell you what happened. They're almost, they are not recovering from that because they have no reference points. Guess what? Our church is still having three services a week. Three. One, two, uno, dos, tres. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Pastor Adam back with you again. Just wanted to give you this report that uh, you have been doing a great job of sharing the news of this podcast and continuing to download uh, episodes on a daily basis. The show has been growing by leaps and bounds. There's more of you listening now than at any other time in the podcast history. So we just want to say thank you once again for tuning in and listening to these anointed sermons. We just want to ask you one thing real quick. If you could do us a favor and leave us a review, especially those of you on Apple devices, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, uh, we need some five-star reviews. And also, uh, if you could leave a few notes in there about what you like best about this podcast, it would really, really help us. I'm sure that you know somebody who could use a daily podcast to get them through the day. Please make sure you share it with them. And uh, also... Uh, we are trying to get our hands on sermons from all across our fellowship. If you've got some good ones to share with us, we'd encourage you to please contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to feature your sermons from your church as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of this sermon.
And guess what? All our churches are good. And you know why you are here sitting here in this conference? Because you have somebody that preaches three times a week. One time I, I was with Pastor Wyman Mitchell, and he told me, you notice that if you're busy doing what we do, you don't have time for complaints. Seriously. I tell you. I'm super busy doing what, what, what the Lord is telling us to do, and I have no time for complaints. That's why you don't have to neglect your inheritance. You have to protect it because now it's our vision. And you need to receive it like it is. I tell you something. I went to uh, Tucson for the first time in 2000. And when I was there, uh, Pastor Leonard Gastelum was sharing with me uh, something about Pastor Warner. And he said, you know what, something about Pastor Warner? Say, Pastor Warner preached with the same intensity if it's 10, if it's 100, or if it's 1,000 there. So that gets inside my mind. So when I had the chance, I, I, make the, I asked Pastor Warner, say, Pastor Warner, you know what, I was talking to one of your pastors, and he told me that you preach with the same intensity if you have 10, if you have a hundred, or if you have a thousand, why? And he said these words to me, because I owe myself to those who are there, to those who come, to those who sacrifice, not to those who are not. You know what? That is something that really helped me in the field, especially when you are pioneering. Why? Because... Many times you are so focused in all the people that must be there and it's not that you forgot about the people that is there. No, and I'm telling you. And even in, in, in bigger churches, sometimes, hey, look, this guy's not here, the other one. Huh, huh. Okay, open your Bible. No, you know what? Pastor, Pastor Warner says, you know what? If you are here, if you sacrifice, if you make the effort to be here, you are worth it that I will give you my best. And when I start to pioneer, let me tell you something. That was something that really helped me because I invited like 10,000 people and only one or two old men show up. And say, and even if they are sleeping, I will preach to them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Through all this pandemic, I call Pastor Greg because we have a, one of the longest, you know, uh, lockdowns in a big city in the world. We are very, I will go that way in, in a minute. But I think that was in the month of, month of June or July, when we were, we were not allowed to get out of our houses, not even open for prayer or make the live stream from the church. Everything was from our houses. So I get the phone and say, Pastor, Pastor Mitchell, I will end up in jail because I want to open the church. I want to preach again. I'm desperate. And Pastor Greg said, don't worry, Juan Pablo. 
if you ended up in jail, we will send you some empanadas. <laughs> he really encouraged me. <laughs> because we want to preach. So let's speak in third place about the power of paying attention and behaving. Because verse 15 and 13, 16 says, listen, listen to this in, in the New Living Translation. Give your complete attention to these matters. Pastor, remember, reading the Bible and preaching, teaching, and encouraging. Are you with me? And, and he says, listen to these words. Through yourself, through yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. So what that means is you need to grow. You need a better. You need to get better every week for your church. And say, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay through uh, to what is right uh, uh, for your sake or uh, of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Complete or total attention. Let me tell you something. Give complete attention to these matters means to you to understand what is a priority in your life. I want to show you, I want to show you a picture. They will, they will put a picture there. Not, not that one, the other one. Please, this one. Okay. So the name of this, this man is Jim Abbott. For, for those that don't know baseball, he was a... If you look at him, he looks like a normal baseball player. He played in the major leagues for 10 years. But at the age of six years old, when he born, he born with a problem. He born without a hand. Can we show the other picture now? He have no one hand. So that means that if you are a soccer player, it's like you play soccer with one foot. It's exactly the same thing. So Jim Abbott, when he was six years old, he was in Michigan, and the family took it to the hospital for have a, you know, a, like a hand replacement or something like that. But in the 90s, a hand replacement means a hook. So, you know what happened with him? When they went into the car, he remembered when he was six years old, he, he said this. He, he went to the car and he remembered his father. After they went out from the hospital, his father looked to the mother and said, we don't have a problem. We have a problem if we want to have a problem. And we will not, you know, teach our, our child that he is disabled. And you know what, when, when he went back to the house, he forget about the, you know, the, 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 the hospital and everything. He went to the store, he bought a, a, a baseball a hat, a baseball glove, a ball, and said, brother, you will throw the ball. And this guy learned how to be, a, a, the, is the pitcher, is the one who threw the ball, who threw the ball, and then put the glove in a second. And guess what? 
He won a few championships with uh, uh, Michigan University. He went to the Olympics in 1988 and in the finals beat Japan and get the gold medal for the, for the United States. And then played 10 years in, in, in professional baseball, not passing through the minor leagues. He jumped straight to the major leagues, 10 years. And he said something. Was that conversation with my, of, with, between my mom and my dad, and he said this, that, wa that was the first time that my father focused on what I had and not in what I didn't have. Let me tell you something, Pastor. You are looking at all the things that are missing. Why you don't learn how to throw the ball and put the glove? <laughs> Paul is talking about being an example and service. In Argentina, in this time, it was really hard for us because our economy crashed, you know, all that things. And when you live in a third world country, when that thing, kind of things happen, everybody freak out. And they start to in panic mode, you know, and go inside. But, you know, Argentinians have a fame to be very arrogant and proudful, and they believe that always are the best. This is not true. One time I was talking with Pastor Warner, and I said, hey, Pastor Warner, you know that we have like a three or four players on the NBA? And Pastor Warner looked at me and said, Juan Pablo, we have all the NBA. <laughs> and I said, well, but we have Diego Maradona, forget it, he's dead already. So, but I said, we have Leo Messi. And he looked at me and said, you are a Messi. And then I say, well, at least we have Pope Francis. And he fired me. No, no, no. no. This is not true. The only part that is true is the NBA one. The, old, the other parts I just invented. But, you know, they, Argentines believe that they are the best, and we are a disaster. We're an accident waiting to happen, I tell you. We, are, we, we had the longest quarantine and we are at the top 10 of coronavirus reported cases worldwide. We are the second country with the highest inflation in the world beside, I think, it's Mozambique or Zimbabwe or somebody like that. So a lot of companies are fleeing the country, thousands of, are losing their jobs. But you know what? You need, if you focus on that, you will miss the point. You need to work in what, with what you have, not with what is missing in you. That's why verse 16 says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Because maybe you can be teaching fear to your church. Maybe you can be teaching discouragement. Are you with me? They don't need that. They need a pastor that is growing. And you know what? During this period of lockdown, I, I had my Bible and I said, I normally, you know, like I think that most of the people read the Bible through the year. 
you know, with a plan. And I say, but, but it's not a law that says that I have to read the Bible in one year. He say, amen. So like a, a light bulb turned on on me and say, why not read the Bible in four months? Amen? And, and what I did is Pastor Paul Stevens uh, advised me a plan that is a chronological plan, which is very good. So I said, why not? So I read the Bible in four months. And, and, and I said, you know what? Do, and, and, I, and I gathered the church and I said, listen, church, we will not just be passing through this. We will go higher. Can you say amen? So guess what? We read the Bible in, in four months. And we, we used to fast once a month. But we say, you know what? Let's, let's fast once a week. And you know, guess what? The church, not me, that was the church idea. Say, why we don't make groups once for every day and we split all the church and we fast uh, during, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the seven days of the week. My, I'll say, oh, great. So all the church was fasting, you know, during the week. Reading the Bible. Preaching more. Giving more. Maybe, like Queen Esther says, maybe we be coming to ministry for such a time like this. And the Bible says in verse 15, through yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. I was sharing with you yesterday, after the lockdown, we have like a 40 to 60 people new in church. When we gather all together, the, the, the old folks were in the church and say, who is all that people here? <laughs> it's the church. Hallelujah. In our conference, five churches planted another five churches. They say, we will not pull back. We'll go forward. And you need to understand, in a third world country with 100% of inflation, it's not a normal uh, you know, stage. But I tell you something, the pastors are crazy like me. <laughs> and they say, man, this is the right time to plan. And in the middle of the pandemic with inflation and coronavirus and the longest quarantine, they held closed churches and we opened it back. If God can help us, God will help you. Your growth benefits the kingdom. It's a great lesson. Pastor Greg told me, you plant in one season and you harvest in another one. You know, you grow, you grow, I'm sorry, you grow, we all grow. You go better, all get better. And I tell you something, this is not the, the time to watch your best life now through YouTube. <laughs> this is the time to live your best life now. now. General McRaven, uh, Pastor Sergey. Uh, advised me a book that I highly recommend you. It's a very small book, but it's very good, called Make Your Bed. And on this book, uh, General McRaven from the Navy SEALs here in America, he says, there is a time in life that you need to become the best version of yourself. And I believe that this is the time. 
to you become the best version, the 2.0 version of yourself. So if you behave and stay in, stand firm, and you will save yourself, the Bible says, and another one's. Bible says in verse 16, stay true uh, to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Those who hear you, they need hear you, pastor. Disciple, brother in church, they need you, not me. They need you. In these times... They need really, really that you reinforce the thing that we are all together, working together. And we are a reference point for everybody in the churches. Let me share with you one, one more thing. I was in, we were in our, I shared this with some pastors on the leadership meeting, but uh, we were in the, in the conference in Argentina with Pastor Joe Campbell. And we were to a, a shoe store, shoe store, okay? And we were in the shoe store, and Pastor Campbell was with some shoes, uh, and he really likes it, and, and he was looking the shoes, and I said, Pastor Campbell, is there something wrong? No. But he kept looking the shoes, and saying, fit well? Yes. So, there's... And, and you feel comfortable with them? Yes, 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 it's fine. Say, and, and what is wrong? And he was looking and said, one of them is a little bit lighter than the other one. And you know when you say the wrong thing in the wrong time? <laughs> and I say, who cares? Nobody were going to see it. And Pastor Campbell lift his head up. And with his blue eyes, he said, uh-oh. And he nailed me to the wall, you know. And he said, he looked at me and said, leadership, Juan Pablo. Good leadership is about details. Yes, Pastor. and say, absolutely, this is lighter than the other one. <laughs> but it's true. Good leadership is about details. The details, if you're reading your Bible or not, the details, if you are preaching or not, if you are believing or not, if you are on the path or not, if you are discipleship or, or not, it's about details. And sometimes details make the difference in your life. Like Jim Abba, are you focused in what you have or what you don't have? Because let me tell you something. The Bible says that if you do that things, you will get saved, and the people that is with you will get saved too. And let me tell you something. That is the main thing for our race in Jesus, is to get saved and take the people that is with us into heaven. That's why I think that never is better the words that Pastor Wyman Mitchell sent me in that video. Juan Pablo, you better behave. 
And I tell you, if you don't behave, I will pray, God, say, Lord, send everybody a dream with Pastor Mitchell telling the same words to them. You better behave, because if you behave, you will be saved, and the people that is with you will be saved too. Let's worship God together. Very good. We're going to have a donut break. Be back in 30 minutes. That's at 1150, uh, 10.55. And... Uh, Make sure you bring no food or drinks into the sanctuary. God, we thank you for this food. Pray that you'd bless it in this fellowship. Amen. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.